Hello guys and welcome to another episode of the podcast. How are you doing? Hope you're doing great. It's Joseph and this is the Sold Out for Jesus pod. And today we're going to be doing the Q&A episode. So um, I sent in a request for everyone that was interested to send in their questions or you know topics that I want me to address or just hear my opinions on. And I got a few questions, a few topics. And I'll just be covering a few of them and you know just I would like you to share your thoughts about like what I say about them as well because you might have a different perspective or if you don't agree or you feel it's meant to be a different way please let me know so without further ado let's go to the first question the first one um, the person is asking about my thoughts on finding the right balance with work ministry and personal relationship with God and people you know the first um the first scripture that came to mind when i thought about this was psalms 90 verse 12 you know where the psalmist was asking god to teach us how to number our days you know that we may obtain knowledge of god and when i think about that i just think about scheduling you know especially when you start working it's very important to schedule your days because i mean there's so many things that could come up and would be very would seem very important and you know in the long run they could eat up your time and before you know it you barely have time to pray or study the word of fellowship you know so i feel like it's very important to schedule your days and schedule your time in with god and you know be religious with it so one of the good things about this is that god is quite flexible but whatever time you put I would it to make more sense if it was on a consistent, you know, sort of consistent meeting, like, you know, every single day at like that certain time. Cause it helps you to build up your discipline and it helps you to be more like what I say, focused. It builds up that like piety in your relationship with God. So in this situation, I think first things first, I would say pray about it. You know, just ask God for direction, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And then, you know, just get your timetable, get your um, get your pen, get your paper, or like your writing pad, whatever. Just write down like what you have to do on your typical day, and then see what times you're free. You know, if it's in the morning, like mark it, afternoon, evening, whenever, and then just try to make sure you make out time. You know, to study God's word, very important. Some time to meditate, um, maybe like after you finish studying the word. And then sometimes to pray. So you could pray like, you know, obviously you could pray throughout the day, like at any time, like, you know, that's like, that should be the constant. But also um, give yourself that like disciplined time where, you know, at this moment, I'm very like intentional and focused and I'm only praying and doing nothing else. And, you know, even if it's at night, you know, just before you sleep or maybe you can set an alarm at like a certain time at night early hours of the morning you know you could just wake up and pray and you know go back to bed and so with ministry as well i would just be careful to ensure you do not replace um your personal time with god for ministry activities um because as much as it's very important to be engaged in ministry and diligent in your work for god your number one priority on earth is your fellowship with god and without that true fellowship, you know, and intimacy with God, every other thing you do is almost, um, would I say, redundant and it's useless, you know. So 
just ensure that you are not letting anything get in between that your personal fellowship with god so yeah um this is not very easy and i'll definitely be praying for you but i mean with time and just allowing the holy spirit to guide you you could definitely um work this out for sure and so the second question is like it says a practical view of being in the world but not of the world so essentially i should give a practical view of being in the world and not of the world when i think about this i think about jesus you know if you look at the life of jesus he was somebody that um, people were saying he was a drunk um, he hangs out with the sinners he hangs out with like the outcasts in society the corrupt politicians and all of that but if you study carefully um his the situations in which he engaged with those people one thing you notice is that most of the time he was the one controlling the situations he was the one influencing them not being influenced you know i mean yes definitely there were times where like he would go out like for example the the wedding at Canaan you know and he he probably did go for other um feasts and events with his friends as well so definitely we are not called to be you know separated from society i would say what it means to um when the bible talks about not being of this world but being in the world is um about your conversation your way of living um how do you carry yourself what are the motivations for the things that you do why do you do them you know you could you could be doing the same exact thing with someone else but have totally different motivations and that's what matters to god so wherever you are do you have kingdom at the back of your mind you know even in your relationships with people that may not be christians as well are you praying for them are you trying to um bring them to christ you know deliberate efforts to teach them about jesus christ through your life um through the things you say your interactions with people showing love you know um this is very key you know so I mean essentially the bible says you know in colossians 3:17 whatever you do whether in word or in deed do it in the name of the lord jesus you know and giving thanks to the father through him so whatever you're doing make sure like that act is giving glory to god is glorifying god you know that's essentially what it means to have that mindset of being from a different kingdom because we are in christ and that's where we operate from And then the next question is what do I think about people wearing the crucifix as a fashion statement piece? Hmm. I don't think I have a problem with people wearing the crucifix as a fashion statement piece. I mean, I'd rather you wear the crucifix than you wear maybe like some dragon skull or, you know, something of that nature. So, I would say my only issue would be are you um equating that crucifix to the presence of god um do you feel like it's protecting you or is it like your way of associating with christ or do you just feel like it looks good i mean if you feel like it's protecting you then definitely there's nothing in the bible that supports that you know you already have christ living inside of you so i would i would wish that you focused on christ living inside of you and just like walking in that light you know and i mean if you're doing it to like worship that um what i say that crucifix in any way then that straight up sin so definitely that wouldn't be good but if it's just as a fashion piece i see no problem with that 
you know just ensure like you're living the life of christ you know externally and you're good and so the next question um so what are my thoughts on the trinity this could be a whole podcast um but in essence the trinity right is a word that was coined out by theologians a long time ago and essentially says that um god eternally exists in three persons you know god the father god the son and god the holy spirit so do i believe in the trinity a hundred percent i do believe in the trinity i mean even from the beginning you know it clearly states um it clearly defines you know the various persons of the godhead from genesis and we know that even though the son wasn't mentioned um the bible spoke about the word you know and i believe like would i say that may be a more accurate um description of the son you know i mean they're one and the same thing but what i would say is more accurate is because the son the person jesus christ although he existed in the mind of god he was not like running around in heaven or anything like that from the beginning so it was god his word and his spirit and this is how god exists eternally you know we could delve into this like in a much deeper fashion but yeah i do believe in the trinity i believe god sits on the throne um he speaks out his word his word is he himself and his spirit even though he's sitting on the throne his spirit goes forth and manifests in different places at the same time and this is why he's able to be omnipresent omniscient omnipotent no other spirit has that about them um so definitely the trinity is 100 percent valid as much as i understand and um you know sometimes like it's very easy to get confused because you're thinking so god was in heaven but god came down to earth as a baby and god was on earth with god living inside god and god was on earth praying to god in heaven and god on earth was dying and god was leaving god and <laughs> he was telling god how um my father my father why have you forsaken me so if you think about it from a human perspective you would get confused but we need to understand something god is not a man you know so there's a level of knowledge um that can only be attained um by revelation from the spirit so certain things you understand your spirit well i would say um language doesn't give us the right expressions to adequately um pinpoint what exactly you're sensing so it's 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 straightforward but it could be complex if you're thinking about it through the lens of a human and then the final question what are my thoughts on eternal security is it a myth or is it a fact so eternal security um simply means once you're saved you're saved forever there's nothing you can do for your salvation to be lost like you can't lose your salvation i do not think this is true and i think it borders on heresy and here's why first things in john chapter 15 from verse 1 and 2 jesus says that any branch that does not be a fruit the father would take away so in essence the father is going to cut you off if you don't bear fruit right going forward it talks about this in hebrews chapter 6 from verse 4 to 6 in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 
in 1st Timothy chapter 4 from verse 1 to 2 and these various verses like speak about how you could be cut off you know in in 1st Corinthians 9 27 Paul says um, you know he disciplines his body and brings it into subjection least after preaching to others he himself would become disqualified you know in other verses it says a castaway so it's very important to note that it's very possible to become castaway but when i think about this in essence i think about um because even in the book of um even in hebrews chapter 6 from verse 46 um, paul was saying it is impossible to bring you back to repentance those who have tested of the holy spirit you know walked with god and all of that and still decide after this to turn back to certain ways you know and when the bible says something is impossible that means there's no possibility of it happening then you need to be careful to understand what exactly um, the writer of that scripture is insinuating because we know that it is the holy spirit that brings men to repentance right and we remember that um jesus christ said every sin would be forgiven sin against the father sin against the son but sin against the holy spirit would never be forgiven right that is the, the eternal condemnation so in essence right the way i see this is like the thing about losing your salvation has to do with a heart posture of rejection of the holy spirit i do not think it's just an effect of um committing sin no i think is a is a hard posture um the bible says in first timothy chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 it says now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times some would depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron you know so this is like a seared conscience like the holy spirit no longer convicts you of sin and you just go about doing the wrong things and that is why it would become impossible for you to be brought back to repentance because the one that convicts you of sin and brings you back to repentance is no longer there with you you know because you have rejected him by certain things that you have you have done and you have said so this is a knowing thing so on the one hand it is possible but i do not think it's something that we have to worry about if we are constantly pursuing fellowship with god you know if you still have the desire to live with god if you still have a desire to walk in line with god's will and you're deliberately pursuing it and working with god then you are far from there and definitely is not something that we should be thinking about because those who have had their conscience said knowingly know that they've given up they've like they've left the faith they know it they are not confused they're not asking questions about it they've knowingly given it up you know so um in that situation then you shouldn't be worried about it and so rather than like focusing so much on eternal condemnation why not know how to guarantee yourself of like constant life with god eternal life manifesting eternal life you know constantly and so in second peter chapter 1 from verse 7 to 11 it says i'll just read from verse 5 to 11 it says but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for if these things are yours and abound 
you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and has forgotten what he was cleansed from, has forgotten he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So in essence, this is the recipe to ensure you don't have to worry about um, eternal damnation. Um, so it speaks about adding knowledge to virtue, um, adding self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and above all, love. As long as you're doing these things, it says it clearly in verse 10. It says, if you do these things, you'll never stumble. So in essence, if you're consistent and deliberate about walking in love and growing in your love for God, growing in your love for people and these other virtues, then you have eternal security. This is essentially the way to eternal security. So I hope that answered the question. And man, it was lovely having these questions. I love the questions. I hope I did justice to them. And I hope you learned um, one or two things. If you have a contrary view or something you like to talk about that I did not address or a manner that you'd have addressed certain issues, please let me know. Send me an email at soulatforjesuspod at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram and send me a DM at soulatforjesuspod on Instagram. I would love to hear from you and thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful week and God bless you.